Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. We're going to go ahead and, and start Jarrett uh, the last couple games of the season here. You know, we're, none of us is happy with where we're at. I mean, this is a A1 class human being, um, and he's obviously meant a lot to this place for a long time. And, uh, and as I said, we'll see how this goes going forward. Um, I'm not going to sit here and predict the future, and there's a lot that could happen, and, um, and we're going to take those things one day at a time, and right now we're going to get ready for the 49ers. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Back with you for another three hours back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And, Damon, this is the second time we've been in the studio together this week. This could become habit for me, man. Setting a record. (laughs) Be careful now. They might start rumors in the building. I think those guys like each other. (laughs) Well, no one else is here either. So who who would be be here to see us? That's a good point. (laughs) That's a great point. This is a ghost town right now, but that's how it is around the holidays. So uh, we're here with you for the next three hours. Raider Nation, of course, we're excited as always. Pumped up as always. Want to hear from you as always. And, of course, going to bring you a lot of really good guests. My man Vinny Bonsignor is over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ right now. Uh, They'll be going into the locker room in a little while, and if he does like he did yesterday, he was able to get us some really good sound from the Raiders locker room. Matter of fact, we never did get to Mac Hollins. Maybe we'll get to him some part of the show, but uh, if he brings and sends some over to us, we'll get that onto the show this afternoon as well. But the guests that we have scheduled today, and we're very excited about them, as all the news that's been going on with Derek Carr and all the roster news, they're still, as DeMond mentioned on yesterday's show, Still a football game on Sunday. You know, we're still going to be at Allegiant Stadium bright and early. Still going to have Q's kickoff. Little, you know, the preview game, the preview show, uh, you know, to to the pre-show. Uh, of course, uh, JT the Brick and Eric Allen, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll lead you right into kickoff. But we'll be right there at the torch, 10 a.m., Raiders still have two more games, and this is a this is a big one in 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 name recognition. Obviously, on Sunday, with the 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 Battle of the Bay by by way of Las Vegas is what I like to call it. Obviously, without the Raiders playing in the Bay, it's not technically Battle of the Bay, but we all know what it what it is. We all know it's a little bit different when it's Raiders 49ers when they get together. Regardless of the records, it's always a little bit more meaning to it, and I think there's going to be a lot of meaning to it come Sunday. So there's still a game that has to be played, so we will focus in on that as well. Of course, we're still going to talk about Derek Carr and the moves that the Raiders need to make moving forward as they look to you know, decide what they're going to do in the long term at the quarterback position. But coming up at 2.30, Jose Sanchez, our good friend from all 49ers SI, he'll join the show to talk about the 49ers. We brought on Bonte Hill to talk about the 49ers yesterday, but really didn't get to San Francisco too much. Really just kind of talked about Derek Carr as the the news about him being benched and really kind of just be putting on ice and and see what happens after the season really was still fresh. So we really didn't get a whole lot of conversation with Bonte about the 49ers, but Jose will help us uh, kind of fill in the blanks when it comes to all things San Francisco as they head to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. So that's at 2.30. At at 3 o'clock, Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports, he'll join the show. He put out a piece on CBSSports.com that I thought was really good. It says, Raiders bench Derek Carr for Jared Stidham. What's next for the quarterback plus logical 2023 landing spots? And he lists about 10 to 12 teams. So uh, we'll talk about all that with Cody Benjamin coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll talk about teams that could potentially want Derek Carr, what the Raiders could potentially get in return for Derek Carr. Does he think Derek Carr will waive his no trade clause? Hell, does he think that Derek Carr will play for another team? Because there's still that chance. And I, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I've said it multiple times. 
I would not be shocked at all if he doesn't play in 2023. Just because he said it. He's let it be known. I was on KJM this morning, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, but it was with Jason Fitz and Amber Wilson. They were filling in for the guys, and that was the last question they asked me. Who does Derek Carr play for in 2023? And I said, you know what? I don't think he plays in 2023. Now, that was at 6.30 in the morning, (laughs) right? It was bright and early, but I'm just saying, I mean, there's a chance that he could do what he has said before, that he wouldn't play for another team besides the silver and black. As a matter of fact, you got the sound right from Harvester Sports. This is taking it back to about October of 2021. And look, things have changed. You know, I don't think that, you know, he thought that the end of his Raider career could come the way that, you know, we all presume that it has came. So anything could change. A man is, is, is free to change his mind at any time. That's not a problem. So if he does play in 2023, ain't nobody, at least I'm not going to be like, oh, he lied to everyone. I, I, look, man, if he wants to play for another 20 years, that's fine. It doesn't make me a difference. But this is what he had to say about playing for another team back in 2021. Yep. It just feels like like this is the team like you want to be with, this team you want to like you want to win with this team. 100%. I I yeah. I've been I've been on record saying I'm not playing for anybody else. Yeah. You know, I'm a Raider mm-hmm. and one day if by my choice or theirs I'm not then I'm not, you know. And yeah, I'll play right. golf and get really good at that, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, he has a great caddy. I have a great caddy. <laughs> um, but I I want to. I want to win a championship here. It means so much more. I, could yeah, I? Right. Could I leave and pick my team? And well, they got great defense, and they got this yeah. and that. Oh shoot! I'll go there and make mm-hmm. it easy. Like, sure, everyone. I mean, you see a lot of guys trying to do that and doing that. Yeah. But that's maybe I'm just built different. So that's Derek Carr back in October of 2021 on the Harvester Sports Spot podcast. That's just the the one of uh, you know his nephews uh, that that he's on quite a bit or whatever. And look again. Not holding him to it. I'm just saying that's one of the one of the times he has said that he's not playing. And you say there that if it's by his choice or theirs choice that he's not with the team anymore, that he wouldn't play. So that's that's also a possibility. So when Cody Benjamin comes on at three o'clock, we'll ask him those thoughts as well. You know, if he thinks that Derek Carr could walk away at age 31 and say, you know what, I have other passions that you know I think about that I want to do that I want to pursue that have nothing to do with playing football. And if he did, after nine years in the league, I sure wouldn't fault him. I sure wouldn't at all. Now, I'm sure it would throw a monkey wrench into the plans of the Raiders if they plan on, you know, trading them and trying to get some good draft capital for them. But for the man himself, I wouldn't begrudge him at all. So Cody Benjamin, CBS Sports, will join us at 3 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network. He'll join the show. He wasn't able to join us on Tuesday. He was resting, trying to, you know, get his get his mind right back after uh, all the traveling that he had gone through uh, from Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve when the Raiders lost to the Steelers to all the getting back home, getting his family back home. And there was a lot going into it. So uh, Lincoln Kennedy wasn't able to join us on Tuesday, but he's already confirmed that he's good to go today. So at 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy will join the show, and then Vinny Bonsignor will close things out for us at 4.30 again. He's over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Anything that he gets in between now and then, he'll send over to us and we'll get it on the air as quick as possible. And then we'll hear from Vinny and kind of get the mood around the team day two. Because, I mean, look, yesterday it was super fresh. There was a lot of emotions that were being either shared or not shared. But, I mean, there was obviously uh, a lot of emotions going on with the fan base, with the team, you know, with coaches, er- everyone. I don't think anyone thought that yesterday was a day to start doing backflips and, you know, hey, great, get to go play a game on Sunday. I mean, I don't, I don't think that the, the team in general was super pumped up about that because that's the guy they've been rocking with, some of them for three, four, five years, some of them for this year. You know, in the case of Devontae Adams, obviously he's been with them for, you know, the season so far and then obviously what they did at Fresno State. But, you know, there's there's a lot of emotions going on, so we'll see what it's like in day two 
uh, after Derek Carr not being with the team right now. So that's Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 4.30. So 2.30, Jose Sanchez, all 49ers at side, 3 o'clock, Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports, 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network, and then Vinny will close us out at 4.30. And I might, at 3.30, bring that conversation to the table that I had this morning with Jason Fitz and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio on KJM earlier today. So we got a lot to get to, clearly, (laughs) on today's show. So let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So obviously there's so many different directions that you can go. I, I literally have all these different questions thrown down on the on this piece of paper, our little rundown that we have each and every day, uh, you know, just kind of show topics that we can have. And so I just kind of want to throw these out there to you. And, and I'm only going to start, I'm just do one at a time, right? Not going to get too crazy because I feel like that there's a lot of different things things that a lot of want to say. And before we really get into it, let me say, we'll do the best we can to get as many calls on as possible. We'll do the best we can to get to as many texts as possible. Of course, we'd love to hear on the phone lines and the text line, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Please do not get mad if you do not get on right away. Please do not start tweeting at us and saying terrible things about the host because you're not on, even though you may be on the show every single day. Please, it's not, it's not, it's not going to get you on the air any quicker. Let's put it like that. We're doing the very best we can. We're only a three-hour show. We have plenty of guests to get to. So, and then on top of that, when you do get on, I don't need five minutes. We don't need five minutes. You know, if we want to get as many people on as possible, let's make the call as quick as possible. Again, I do appreciate all the calls, but when we start getting tweets from people that are regulars on the show that they're pissed off because they haven't got on the, on the air, when there's a lot going on, clearly... I mean, it's just, it's, it's, to me, it almost feels like a sense of entitlement. And nobody's entitled, including us, to be here. Today could be my last day for all I know. Could be DeMond's last day for all I know. Right? Or, you know, that's just what it is. So let's, you know, let's try to be respectful to everybody. But disrespecting the host and saying that you don't give a damn what they have to say and rather hear yourself is not going to get you on the radio any faster. With that being said, question is, and DeMond, I'll start with you. And we kind of touched on this a little bit on yesterday's show. Do you want a veteran or a rookie quarterback in 2023 for the Raiders? And what do you think will make the most sense for the Raiders as far as short-term, long-term? Do you think it makes sense to go in a rookie direction? I mean, right now they're around, what, number eight that they're going to be picking. Maybe they end the season around number six. Maybe that puts you in position to trade up and go get one of the top three, or maybe one of the top three falls to you. Who knows? I mean, you, you never know. There's going to be defensive guys that players are going to want, or that, that teams are going to want as well, and other, other players that aren't just necessarily quarterbacks. So maybe you are in position to get one of the top coveted quarterbacks. Do you think that that makes sense to try to move forward with a rookie quarterback or a veteran quarterback, and how much consideration are you putting 17? How much are you, are you involving 17 in this equation? I've got to I've got to put that into the equation a lot. It factors in a lot, and okay. with Renfro and Waller getting their extensions as well. When it comes to this offense, it's a win now offense. Mm-hmm. Mark Davis said it. I go back to that introductory press conference. This is not a rebuild. Yeah. So for that to be true, you're going to need to bring in a veteran to lead the team. I know everyone loves to say get a rookie quarterback and that rookie deal, that yeah. pay structure that ha- that opens up that cap space. But is that rookie going to come in and be a day one starter? Is he going to come in and be lights out? He could be a day one. starter. Starter, but is he going to be lights out? Exactly. Is yeah. he going to come in because no rookie has went in and won a Super Bowl yet? Right. So okay, year one, 
let's say, oh, that's the rebuilding process. That's mm-hmm. that's year one for even the rookie. Patrick Mahomes sat. Exactly. Even Patrick Mahomes said he didn't win the Super Bowl in year two. Right. So it's just that building process. If it takes like, hey, by even if you have a guy year three or four, mm-hmm. he's a pro bowler. Is the window closed by the time that he's a pro bowler with the weapons around him? Right, right, right. So that's right. my point, and that's so why I think that you're you need considering to bring a seventeen a lot. Um, yeah, because you bring in, let's say, C.J. Stroud, whoever it mm-hmm. may be, mm-hmm. and he struggles, or he's just mediocre. He's just an average quarterback. Right. We just see we've seen right now what the Raiders are doing with an average quarterback. So if they need a little bit more than that, mm-hmm. if you need a guy who's solidified top ten, you're not going to get that in the draft. No, I, I, I'm I'm with you, right? And that's kind of what I've been saying the whole time is that I feel like it's got to be a veteran, but that's one of the questions that people continue to ask me. I've done like 18 radio interviews, it feels like, the last like two days, right? As soon as we, as soon as we uh, signed off yesterday, I was on multiple different shows just doing you know the same thing, and, and everyone keeps asking, well, do the Raiders go with a rookie? Do they go with a veteran? You know, and do they have to protect Devontae Adams? And Devontae Adams has been very you know, open and honest. He said yesterday in the locker room to Vinny, Hey, I'm here because of Derek Carr. Who knows? You know, I don't want to close the door 100% on Derek Carr, but it feels like the, that he's, he's going to be a done deal. But look, this is the one thing I'll say about, you know, I, I keep saying that Derek Carr, it feels like it's a done deal. The Niners went to the podium and said, Jimmy G is out of here. They said, we're moving on from Jimmy. We're finding a trade partner. They said it at the podium. Goodbye. Goodbye, Jimmy. And guess what? He's still a Niner, right? <laughs> now, I mean, he had an injury that, that you know, obviously impacted him, and that's why they didn't move him. But we've seen stranger things that happen. So as much as I say I feel like he's gone, there's always that one slight chance that they may not get the draft capital that they want to see in return. They might sit around and decide a little bit longer that the guy that they think free agent-wise or a veteran that they're not really 100% comfortable with that guy, and maybe they go back and have a, you know, come to Jesus meeting and, they decide everything's fine and they'll work things out. I don't. I doubt it, but we've seen stranger things happen. So with that being said, I think that you have to try to protect 17. I think that that's, I mean, he is the most dynamic player that this Raiders team has had in a very long time. A huge weapon, and he's only started to crack the surface. We've only started to see just a, a small glimpse of what he can do. If you think the numbers he's put up this year are good, leading the league in touchdowns, could you imagine what it'd be if he's actually had a dynamic year? Because he hasn't, but he's had a good year. And it, it, it sounds silly for me to say he hasn't had a great year because if you just look at the numbers, you'd be like, oh, he's having a great year. But think how much, you know, they always say meat left on the bone. Think how much meat still left on the bone that he could have had. Exactly. And you say that, and he's leading the league in touchdowns. Right. Or that's ridiculous. And I believe you a thousand percent. There's still some meat left on the bone. There's plenty of meat left on the bone. You look at the numbers and you say, oh, Devontae Adams putting up Devontae Adams type numbers. And I don't think that it's something to overgloss that Instagram post last night. Right. I think it needs to be Speak mentioned on it. Speak on that it. Devontae Adams, where, you know, he said, I'm a Raider because of this guy. Yep. And, you know, just the pictures of him and Derek Carr, where he's yesterday in the locker room, that's the initial blow. Yep. People, you know, you got cameras in your face, people have their microphones in your face, and he probably didn't even have time to digest his thoughts. Right. But you, get, you step away from the building. And then he was able to put out a well-thought Instagram post mm-hmm. and show his appreciation for Derek Carr. Coden Miller did as well with the story. Not, not, as, not as much of a, you know words, but you know a picture of him and Derek Carr together on the field. Yep. So I do think that that matters a little bit. I know the front office, you can't trade the whole team. No. If the whole team, you know, has the Rudy moment of we're not playing without DC. <laughs> they ain't going to do that. They ain't going to do that. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> well, either like, neither one of those situations are likely right, to happen. Right. But I do think that it takes into account, especially with 17, 
because hey, you go out there. He's a draft. different dude. You got to protect a different dude. Yeah, you draft. Right? You draft your, your the quarterback of the future. Yeah, that's nice, but uh, I'm not I'm not worried about the future. Again, he wasn't worried about the future in Green Bay. He Jordan was, Love. He was not interested in Jordan Love at all. I mean, he never came out and said that I didn't want to play with Jordan Love, but he didn't want to play with Jordan Love. It was clear as day that there was so much uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers, and he knew Derek Carr was st- stable and his position was stable, and that made him want to be. With the Raiders. I'm not saying that's the only reason he wanted to be with the Raiders, but and going back to the Instagram post that you brought out, he said, this man gave everything he had. One of the most disciplined and loving people I know. I got my brothers back through whatever, and if you can't respect it, excuse my language, and gave a big middle finger emoji, you. And then the the shoulder shrugs, three of them, love you, bruh. And it was a picture of him and Derek at Fresno State when his jersey was retired. And then I guess he did another one not too long ago where it was him and Derek on the sideline and Derek is like a video and Derek was saying something. I want to say I saw that on Twitter just a little while ago. I think that you have to, you have to consider Devonte Adams and what, what he's feeling and you want to do everything you can to keep him happy. So whoever the next guy is going to be, I feel like you have to make sure it makes 17. happy. It's almost like you got to run it by him. And I don't know if that's good business, right? I don't know if that's good business or not. And I don't know if they're going to do that. They might not. They might be like, hey, you know, if he sits there and demands a trade, then the hell with him, and they, and they trade him. It's a very good possibility. I'm not saying that that's what I think they should do. It's a possibility of what they could do. And I want to add another point because I see this, people saying this a lot, and it, it has some validity to it that, oh, Devontae Adams, he went to the Raiders because of, you know, Derek Carr, but also the contract. He would have gotten that contract anywhere. Yeah, he would have got that contract anywhere. He was he actually, they offered him just as much money, if not more, in Green Bay. To compensate for the state tax. Right. So, he would have gotten the bag anywhere, people. It's not like the Raiders gave him a right. deal that no one else was willing to. No, no doubt. And look, he, yes, he grew up a Raider fan. That's a big deal to him. He wanted to be on the West Coast. Yes, that was a big deal to him. But there's other places he could have played if he, you know, if he didn't end up here, right? I'm, I'm sure there's other teams that would have taken a Devontae Adams uh, you know, from Green Bay if, if that was the case. So uh, he's not going to have a problem with suitors. Let's put it like that. So, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people say don't. Don't don't worry about what he 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 feels like because he's under contract and yada yada yada. But I just think that when you have a different a different dude, you gotta treat him a little differently. Like everyone is created equal, but and the rules apply for everyone. The rules are just interpreted a little bit different for some people, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean that's a reality, right? The rules are there in place for everybody, but sometimes the rules are interpreted a little bit different based off who you are. And I think 17 gets a little bit a little bit different treatment based off who he is and what he brings to the table everybody knows that i mean watch an episode of hard knocks during the training camp oh that guy who he just can't practice today that's the guy oh man that seventh round pick that just can't practice today you're the guy that's getting cut but if Devontae adams just can't practice he just doesn't feel like it yeah take the day off right no problem right 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 (laughs) just rest them up yeah rest up man we need you on sunday we don't need you on tuesday (laughs) or we don't need you on wednesday we need you on sunday so i want to hear from you we've got a bunch of text messages already coming through on the don'tbebroke.com text line definitely appreciate that 69187 keyword rnr mailman raider said q i slept on it i think the best option and pains me to say it but it's brady Get Brady on a one- or two-year deal, draft a rookie, have him sit behind the GOAT, learn from him. Somebody said on JT's show, trade Carr for Buckner. If that's an option, I like it. And if you want that defensive tackle next to Max. Well, yeah, that'd be – I mean, I, I like that trade proposal. If that is – if that, like you said, if that's a reality, again, Derek has the end-all, be-all say because he can overrule any trade. So I could see him saying, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. But that, that Mailman Raider, I like it. I like the idea – and I do think that you're going to hear Brady's name 
associated with the Raiders so much. I know Jeff Howe from The Athletic, he put out a really good piece about, you know, the door is open now for Tom Brady to to hook up with Josh McDaniels here in Las Vegas. And I wanted to get him on the show today, but he was really busy, so we weren't able to get him today. Maybe we'll get him tomorrow. But it, it does feel like that that name is going to be associated with the Raiders until it's not. Uh, Tiki Raider said, uh, hey, Q, this is Tiki Raider from Denver. I think that getting a veteran quarterback for sure keeps Adams and hopefully draft a quarterback to be groomed and hopefully earn this, learn the system quickly. But overall, we have to get a, a, a vet to please 17 and entice him to stay. I'm with you, Tiki. I really am. I think that you, and again, it's not always smart business. You know, when you listen to the players, a lot of times it ends up bad. I say it about, you know, in the NBA all the time. Well, organizations shouldn't be listening to LeBron. I know he's the greatest player, but sometimes you got to make a decision. You let him go play the ball. You let him lead the team, but you go make decisions. I say it all the time. So I'm going against my better thought, my better judgment. But in this case, I think that you you have to do exactly what Tiki Raider just said. A veteran quarterback to make sure Adams is happy and, and stays with him. And then, look, if you bring a vet, veteran quarterback in that Adams is happy with, then most likely Josh Jacobs is happy with. Most likely, you know, someone else that may be on the fence that's a you know, free agent. I don't think Waller or Renfro are going anywhere unless the, unless the front office wants them to go somewhere. I don't think there's any concern with those cats. I think it's Adams and then, of course, Jacobs being a free agent. And if Jacobs thinks that, oh, this is BS, I don't want to be part of this plan, even if they franchise him, he don't have to sign the tag. And then, then all of a sudden you have a standoff. And would anybody blame him? He's given everything and then some to the organization. Leading the league in rushing. Probably win the rushing title. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. I think 17, though, you have to make sure you, you kind of, I don't want to say cater to him because that sounds like way too soft. But you have to, you have to make sure that, that, it's, uh, that he's taken care of. Uh, let's see. Uh, one more text. We got, uh, I wouldn't draft a young gun until 2024. The quarterback class is loaded. Trade car, package the picks, get as many to have ammo in 2024 to move up. Bring in Brady and let Adams decide if if not, we'll get picks for him too. And there's an option. That's not a bad option either. Hey, look, here's the greatest of all time. Now, he's not, you know, 28-year-old Tom Brady. He's not 35-year-old Tom Brady. He's much older than that, but he's still Tom Brady. Good? Not good? Cool? Not cool? At least if you feel like, okay, you brought in the best guy you could bring in. And I don't know if that's the best guy. Maybe, maybe looking up at Green Bay is a, the best guy, right? I don't know. For, for, for that relationship, because he's so familiar with Devontae. Maybe one of those two guys is the best guy. And if you do that and he says, no, I don't want to be here, then there's really not too much you could do. 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, Damon? John in Salt Lake. John, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, yeah, it's good to talk to you guys. Happy New Year to both of you. You too, brother. Hey, we got to be clear here. There is no way Josh McDaniels is putting a rookie quarterback under center when his job's going to be on the line next year. He cannot have a repeat. That's a good point. That's a good point. So there's no question he is going to bring in somebody that he feels comfortable with putting his job on the line. And so there's no question who it there's only a few names out there it could be. I agree. If they decide to move on from Derek, now look, that's not a done deal. If they can't get one of these guys, if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm not putting my career on the line as a head coach for Gardner Minshew. I'm not putting my career on the line for Baker Mayfield. I want to bring in a guy who I got 100% confidence in because if I'm going down, 
I need to go down with somebody I believe in. And so if then if Brady or Rock, because I'm I'm thinking Brady or Aaron Rodgers here. That's really, I think, your only two realistic options. Garoppolo, I don't know if you can sell Garoppolo to the locker room because that's the other right. thing you got to do here. You're going to have to sell your guy to the locker room. And so it isn't a far-fetched that Carr could be back, but if he is back, it's going to be on a new restructured contract. Got you. Thank you for the call. And, yeah, we, we kind of touched on that a little earlier in the show that, yeah, it's not a done deal. Crazier things have happened. We saw what happened with Jimmy G in San Francisco. Uh, it feels like it's like 99.9% done, but there, you're right. There's a chance. And you heard what he had to say, Devon. He's talking about Brady Rodgers, and that's really all that Josh McDaniels can, can you know, hitch his wagon to. Can't afford to, you know, go down with the rookie quarterback because his job would be on the line, unless it's not, unless it's already been agreed upon, and we don't know that. That's that's where we get to observe and watch from a distance. We don't know. Maybe they're in the front office already saying, hey, this is the guy we want. It probably ain't going to get done this year. He's going to have to grow with the organization. I mean, that also could be something that they've talked about. Yeah, I do think that with the debacle, let's just call it that, of this season, that Josh McDaniels, no matter what he does next year, it's almost resetting the clock for him. Really? Right. I do. I do believe that hmm. because I think that Mark. I think Davis, he's got to show some kind of success. I mean, like really some good success okay, next if, year. If it's a if it's a debacle again with another veteran quarterback, right? But like I said, if you get that rookie and let's say he shows the promise, mm-hmm. but you go six and what, what would that be? Six and Oof, ten again? Man, six and eleven. Six and eleven, yeah. or you know, seven and nine. Oof. But if you do that again with a rookie. Well, they might, say, hey, they might boo us right off the right. <laughs> listen, Q, listen. I know no one wants to I don't give a damn what you're saying, Q. <laughs> Seven and nine with the rookie, you can say, hey, we could have won a game here, a game there, but it's a rookie. So, but, hey, am I wrong? No, let's, I, say, let's say if he, like, he makes the um, – he's got the Justin Herbert-like ability. Yeah, where you yeah, can yeah. see it's there, what? but seven and nine. Yeah. And then you say the next year – Hey, we're still you're knocking on the door. That's I can hear your argument. Year. I That's can hear your saying. argument. The rookie would have to show a lot of promise. I hear you knocking on the door. Yeah, well, okay. let me in. It's not, <laughs> I'm not saying a two win season. I hear you, but hear I'm you. saying hey, seven eight wins okay. with the rookie quarterback. Yeah, that buys him another year. All right. Well, let's go out to uh, my man. Let's go out to my brother, man, brother Marquise at the 304 at Miami one time, man. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Good, Q. How you feeling, fam? Oh, man. I'm here. I'm blessed. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, brother. I hear you. Hey, um, just a couple things. Um, one, uh, for all the people out there that um, that are upset about Carr being benched, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. If the guy's name on the back of the jersey wasn't Carr, I'm pretty sure most people here would be complaining, asking him to be benched a long time ago. Um, two, you know, I learned a lesson three years ago when we started flirting around with Tom Brady. Um, I was staunch on the fence of, I don't want Tom Brady. He's too old. Well, you know what I learned is that it's a year-to-year league, man. Mm-hmm. And three years have gone by, and guess what? Derek Carr's gone, and Tom Brady's still here. You know, so if we had made that move, who's to say Tom Brady wouldn't still be here? So my point is, you know, the only reason anybody doesn't want Brady is because they, have, they don't like him, even though they probably never met him. And because he's old. Well, one or two years, you know, if he gives you one or two years, then you you better off than probably getting one or two years from an average quarterback. You bring in Jimmy G, you're competing for a playoffs. You bring in a rookie, you're just competing this, this tread water. You bring in Brady, you're, you're trying to make a play for the Super Bowl. And that's what you're showing your players. So I think you got to, you know, if it's at availability, you got to make the move to try to get him. There you go, brother Marquise in the, in the 304, rep Miami. Appreciate the stuff, and yeah, man. I mean, that 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 that's sellable. I think that that's very sellable to the locker room. If we're talking about 17 and other guys. 
obviously Brady is very sellable. And I know, like Brother Marquis said, a lot of folks don't like Brady because of, well, the same reason they don't like Josh McDaniels, same reason they didn't like Dave Ziegler, same reason they don't like anyone that had a Patriot ties because they have Patriot ties. We all remember the tuck rule. We all remember how everything started. Nobody likes the Patriots. I get that. But I don't think anyone could. I actually started liking Brady a lot when he went to Tampa Bay. <laughs> I started liking his personality. I thought, I was like, oh, man, I didn't know this guy was built like this. I didn't know he actually had this in him. When he, when he came staggering off that boat after that Super Bowl thing and he was drunk as a skunk, I was like, wait a minute, that's the guy I can hang out with. I actually like that dude. I had no idea he had a personality. I thought he was— Do you see the videos that he posted on Twitter like after yeah. a win? Like it was one time with him and Gronk, we ain't going nowhere. Yeah. And he was like, yo, that was, okay. I didn't know he, he had personality. I thought he was just a robot. Like I thought he was just a football, live, breathe, eat, sleep, just a junkie football, and that's it. No smiles, no anything. All I thought is that he ran down the field and yelled, let's go, before every game. That was all personality I thought he had. I see him staggering off the boat and they got to hold him up or else he's a done deal. I'm like, damn, he's just like us. <laughs> he ain't worth the salt, but he's rich. <laughs> and, and a Super Bowl winner multiple times. And again, and again, right? So, hey, I, I was okay with him after that. Wonder what he'd be like in Vegas. Whew. I'm just saying, if he, if, he, if he brings a winner to the team, I don't think anyone would be against him. 229 is the time. Jose Sanchez, all 49ers SI, joins us next. It's Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a tweet here from Jason in Maryland. Usually hits us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, but he can send in a tweet as well. I do appreciate him. My man, he said, just want to contribute to the topic. Even if Carr was going to be here, we still needed to draft a quarterback. I don't think that changes now. We do need a vet, but I want everyone to be realistic. 46-year-old Brady, mulling retirement, is not realistic. Why would he leave Tampa for the Raiders' dysfunction? Rodgers just signed a $50 million extension last summer. So if we're talking about vets, can we be please be realistic? And thank you so much, Jason, for the tweet. It's always good to hear from you. And I'll say this. Tampa Bay looked like it had a lot of dysfunction before Tom Brady got there, right? I mean, there, there was a ton of dysfunction there. All they had really going for them, in my opinion, just my opinion, was Bruce Arians. thought Bruce Arians was the best thing that they had going for him, and it worked out pretty well there. Um, if he's... Reuniting with Josh McDaniels, if that's what he, you know, if that's his bag, I could see him doing that. And also, with the Raiders being here in Vegas, I've said it a million times, they can't afford to not have a, a, a really good product or a promising product. And I know the product this season hasn't been really good, but you can't just throw out anything out there in Allegiant Stadium and say, oh, people are going to come, people are going to come. At some point, if, if the product does not win and have stars to go see, all of a sudden it's going to be just another... It'll just be another Las Vegas residency, right? That's all it's going to end up being. So that's why I would say that they have to bring in someone. If it's going to be a veteran, it can't be someone like a Geno Smith or a Gardner Minshew or someone like that. But I understand exactly where you're coming from, and it would obviously be a pretty deep conversation that would have to be had to get one of those big-time names. So I definitely do appreciate that tweet. And of course, you can keep them coming, or you can hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. 
Join us now on the phone line. Speaking of Allegiant Stadium, there's going to be a game played on Sunday. I know we haven't talked about it too much, but there is a game that at one point had a huge name, the Battle of the Bay. And right now we got Jose Sanchez, all 49ers SI on our phone lines. And Jose, thanks so much. And it's obviously not the Battle of the Bay. I like to call it now the Battle of the Bay by way of Las Vegas, since the Raiders play here in Vegas and it's Allegiant Stadium. How much buzz, how much conversation is there right now in the Bay about this game, especially after the news of, of Derek Carr being benched? Yeah, well, there's always going to be buzz, right, for the locals over here. Um, but I, it, let's be let's be real. I don't think it has the same luster, mm-hmm. that same venom as it always has. I think you know when you're like the OGs, when you're like 20, 30 plus years old, you're going to still have that, especially if you're still part of the fans fan base of the Raiders who only you know, moved when some of them kind of like switched over to, to wherever they did. Um, but it, it's definitely it's definitely not the same, especially from being you know from actually being in the stadium in 2018 at Levi's, 2014 in the Coliseum when the two teams faced off. It's it's not the same, and I, I think I think even more so it's not the same as because of what you're just talking about the news of Derek Carr, how the season's gone for the Raiders and such. I mean, I mean heck, you had me on before the season started. We're over here looking forward to this. I was saying like, hey, the Raiders could probably be about contention. The Niners should very well be. And then it's it's the complete opposite for the Raiders, where everything's just looking like it's not adding you know fuel to the flame right now, and it's kind of it's kind of hard to really get up for other than you know just the the past that the two teams have had because of geographical locations. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's the realistic part of it. Again, with the Raiders having two two games left in the season, and of course the news of Derek Carr uh, kinds of take a little bit of shine off it. But again, the game will be played on New Year's Day here in Las Vegas. So uh, let's start with Brock Purdy. I mean, he's been one of the guys that we've been able to talk about a lot. He's come in as the uh, you know seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, who's playing like he's definitely not irrelevant. What have you seen from Purdy, man? What has made him uh, be able to sit there and relax and play play the way he's been playing? Man, the guy is is, is nuts, man. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I, I shorted him immediately when he came in. I was like, the Niners are done. Like they're done. There's no way you're gonna have a third string quarterback who's a borderline and drafted free agent come in there and just keep the ship afloat. But not only has he done that and made me eat crow, he's made them better. He's made them better than Jimmy G. And Jimmy G was playing fine this year. He was playing really good. He made me eat a little crow too, Garoppolo. But the thing that what makes Purdy so unique is the guy's mobile. He's not afraid. He's fearlessness. He has poise. Like at any time when the pressure's in his face, he doesn't panic. He doesn't toe tap like Jimmy. He doesn't just fold or get into a bad decision. He'll 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 stare down the pressure. He'll side on the throw. Like he he started on the throw last week against Washington. It was insane. Or he'll escape the pressure to like free up free open a receiver like it's backyard football. Or he'll just take off. You know he does. He, he's making a lot of smart decisions. It's cra- I know it's only like three to four games that he's played in, but I mean. Heck, so far what he's proven in some high-pressurized moments like on a Thursday night against Seattle with the division on the line, he, he showed up, and he was hurt for that game. And so far, I think that's pretty much the thing that you can take away the most from is his toughness and his fearlessness. Like, he's not afraid. But he goes out there like he's a vet and like he knows what he's doing. And what's most important that makes him even better is he takes advantage of what's out there in terms of the receivers, where so many times Garoppolo would leave much to be had, like a lot of open receivers, and that's a lot of quarterbacks in this league, but... Kyle Shanahan schemes these guys wide open, like 10 yards down the field, and Jimmy just wouldn't fire the trigger, whereas Purdy has no problem canning the balling that, <laughs> that his throws straight open to these receivers, and he just hits his guys in strides or wide open for a touchdown. And it's, it's really optimized and elevated this offense now, and it's, it, it's crazy to see considering, you know, he was a third-string backup in training camp. I mean, heck, the, the week or two I was there for training camp in August, he, he was not good at all. The guy was throwing floaters. <laughs> The ball looked like it was getting thrown in slow motion. I swore I could have thrown a, 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 more, a higher spiral than him. <laughs> he was looking bad. 
but you know, this guy looks like he's definitely gotten into touch with the coaches. He's gotten better, and he's going around the field and executing at an extremely high level, surprisingly. Talking right now with Jose Sanchez, all 49ers SI here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say roughness, talking about the game coming up on Sunday, San Francisco and the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. My man DeMond's got one for you. Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, he mentioned about Kyle Shanahan's play calling. That's what separates him from, you know, other head coaches, offensive coordinators in the league is just the way he calls a game. Has the way that he called a game been any different with Brock Purdy as opposed to Jimmy G? Uh, no, actually it hasn't. It's just, it's just, I think what we're seeing is that the plays that the more, the, the bigger plays and the more drive sustained and points they're scoring now is because of, it's because Purdy is just, you know, he's running within the offense and, and, um, and playing and playing to his own game, I would say, where, like, like I said, Jimmy just played too conservative and wouldn't take what was out there that, that Kyle would scheme up because whether he's afraid to throw past 10 yards in the line of scrimmage, it's something that Purdy isn't. And, and look, Purdy doesn't have a strong arm at all. You know, he's not going to bomb one deep and have, like, the greatest touch, but he's pretty much been on the money for the most part. And it's, a lot of that's because of how Kyle Shanahan is scheming up his receivers 10-plus yards down the field. You know, Purdy's just like, yeah, I see it right there. I'm just going to sling it. I, I might, not, might not get there, like, within two seconds, but it'll get there. And then the receiver's wide open enough because of what Kyle's called, and I'm just going to execute it. So I think it's, it's, it's always been there. I mean, I go back and watch the games, and I'm just looking like, God, Jimmy just left, like, at least, like, 10, 15 receivers so much to be had where it's like games are like 20, 20 points per game with Jimmy. And now it's like, now it's like increased with Purdy, which actually I did, I did estimate it. I did, I did average it out with, with Jimmy Garoppolo and the start of the the Niners were about like 23, around 23 points per game with Jimmy into the fold. And now with Brock Purdy, he's given them a touchdown plus. I think they're averaging like 20, 30 plus points per game under Purdy. So it, it's nothing that no player is doing differently. It's nothing that Kyle's doing differently. It's that they have a quarterback who's actually using the offense the way it's supposed to be. With the absence of Debo Samuel, who has the team had to rely on more when it comes to the receiving and the and out of the backfield? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, off top. Christian McCaffrey, he's been he's been a stud for the Niners since he stepped into the fold there. I mean, the two games where Debo was missing in action, well, three now, but the first two games that Debo was missing in action for the Rams early in the season and then, um, and then against Seattle the other week, uh, McCaffrey just did it all. He was he took twenty plus carries. He's taking multiple catches, multiple targets, and he's just gashing defense, and getting turning up to two hundred plus all purpose yards. It's crazy to see. You know, he's just been really stepping up and really showing why the Niners wanted to acquire him because you know Debo Samuel before McCaffrey was, was very stagnant. He wasn't really getting much efficiency. He wasn't you know blowing up plays like he was last year. Um, I think it's so much because teams have figured it out. Even to figure out what Kyle Shanahan is trying to do with the same play. With Debo, because you know Kyle doesn't have any new plays for Debo. He just he just disguises it and puts new little wrinkles on it to try to confuse defenses, but they're not buying for it. That's why you have to get a player like Christian McCaffrey to make defenses more honest. It's like, all right, who am I going to key in on? Debo, McCaffrey? Oh wait, but then there's George Kittle, and then there's Brandon Ayuk, and it's like there's Kyle Yusha who can like come out for a couple plays a game. And now it's like, oh man, I'm 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 playing Twister. We're trying to like cover all these receivers here. What am I doing? Who, who am I going to pick? Right, so McCaffrey's definitely been that guy, and then you know, again, with Purdy and executing, make, making more of these receivers um, lethal, like a Kittle again, who's had a resurgence the last two weeks. Then it's like <laughs> you pick your poison and good luck. Jose, how? Uh, what are your expectations for this game on Sunday? I mean, I think everyone who's got a pulse believes the 49ers will come into Allegiant Stadium and win this game, especially now with Jared Stidham at the quarterback position. But how do you think? I mean, how amped up is is this team going to be when they when they take the field on Sunday? 
<laughs> it depends how hard they're going to party on Saturday, right? Right. Well, that's no. That's I mean, that's that's a real question because I mean, when guys go to Miami, right? Guys don't really mm. they don't get to the game focused because they're right. in Miami. Well, you're in Vegas on New Year's Eve. I mean, there could be some elements of, of what Jose just said in play. <laughs> that's, that's true, especially because now that they're you know you're facing a team who you can lose against them, it would have very well actually. If they, if they, I know it's an AFC opponent, and AFC doesn't really do much for like a tiebreaker sense. The Niners have to win out, especially with the NFC, the top seed in the NFC actually on the line with the Eagles losing and Jalen Hurts isn't there anymore, or for you know the next couple of weeks. So they they might be locked in. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't fold on them yet, even mm-hmm. though it is a Vegas New Year's Eve. Right. They, maybe they might dabble a little bit, but then call it early because you know it could be easy to overlook at a point like the Raiders. It's like man, they're. Their starting quarterback's gone. You know, mm-hmm. they, they're on a losing streak right now. You know, they're putting health players on IR. Like, can I really get up for this game? And we saw that last week against the Commanders. They showed up that first half and just, like, they didn't get up. And, right. then, you know, that halftime, they kind of woke mm-hmm. up and really, you know, turned on the Jets in the second half. So it could maybe start off kind of slow on their end, but I, I, I just think, you know, they're, obviously they're going to win, of course. You know, just too much, like, downwards hill with the Raiders are on right now. But I think ultimately they're just going to come out and not be too groggy. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be out too late, but I think they're going to come in and handle their business because they know what's at stake with the playoff seating. Well, the, the the more important question is, are you going to be out too late? Are you going to be here in Vegas? <laughs> no. Uh, I will not be out too late, and I'm not going to be out in Vegas around this time, but the flight, especially with the flights right now, it's, it's insane. I was going to, but, you know, in recent weeks, the flights are looking crazy. Even my editor doesn't look like he's, he's a little scared he's going to have to drive now. And it's like, man, this is crazy times right now with all these flights, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> it would be cool to go out there. I've, I've been to Vegas once upon a time in New Year's, like three or four years ago, and it was it was, it was was so amazing. It was so fun. And this would have been the year to do it. But, you know, <laughs> the way the way this, this rivalry, this, this game has played out compared to what we thought it was going to be before the season, it, it's really died down. It's, it's tapered off immensely, so... I'm not. I'm not too worried about missing out. I got you. I got you. Well, whatever you do, man, you have a safe uh, New Year's. You and yours, man. I appreciate your time this afternoon, and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, I got you. I got you. You always appreciate you coming on, brother. All right, man. There he goes, Jose Sanchez, all 49ers SI on Twitter at J Sanchez FN, and with us here on Raider Nation Radio. 9-20. is the time. We've already started to get some uh, sound from the Raiders locker room. Uh, we'll come back with a couple of your calls and texts. We got Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports, and also. Quarterback Jared Stidham. Got some sound from him as well. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Jonathan hit me up on Twitter, at ThatCatJ. He said, hey Q, look at it like this. No one knew about Adams Jones coming to us. Does the nation really think the front office pulled the trigger on D.C. without having a plan? Something is in the works. And I'm with you. Thank you for that tweet, by the way. Uh, I'm with you. I don't think that they would just blindly say, hey, we're going to do this and hope for the best, <laughs> right? That would be very that'd be very foolish. That would be a great way to find yourself on the way out of town. I don't think that that's the case. Obviously, I'm not privy to what the plan is, and neither is Damon, and we just have to wait and see what happens and how it shakes out. But I'm with you, Jonathan. I feel like there is some plan in place that we'll see, and I think we'll see it sooner rather than, <clears throat> excuse me, rather than later. But what I do know is going on, for Sunday, is Jarrett Stidham is going to be the starting quarterback. And he's going to lead the troops out there, and they're going to do everything they can to try to win that game on Sunday against the 49ers at Allegiant Stadium. So Vinny Bonsignor, who you can check out every single day on the morning tailgate here, and of course all his writing is in the RJ, does a fantastic job with both. 
Had an opportunity to catch up with Jarrett Stidham in the Raiders locker room just a few minutes ago. There were some other media members as well, but here's that conversation. Jared, first of all, when did you get the news and what was your reaction when you got the news? Um, yesterday morning. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yesterday morning. That's when I got the news uh, from Josh. You know, he talked to all the quarterbacks. And, yeah. Strip away just everything else around it. I'm sure this has been a dream of yours for a long time to be a starter in the NFL. What's this opportunity mean to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you dream of playing in the NFL, you know, as, as a kid. and. Um, and, and to start a game, you know, in the NFL, it's a you know dream come true. But at the same time, um, I've been preparing, you know, since my rookie year. I, I've tried to prepare the same every single week, uh, whether I was the backup or the starter. Um, obviously, obviously, I've gotten to learn on, under a bunch of a, a bunch of really good guys, uh, players, coaches. So I've always tried to treat treat the weeks the same and it's no different no different this week can you treat this week like any other week in terms of uh, preparing for Sunday? i mean honestly i like i said i i've tried to every every week so far this year for instance i've you know been the backup and my routine has been the same and you know i've tried to keep it the same you know i feel like if you try to overdo or overthink things it can be detrimental um so i've just tried to prepare the way that I know how and the way that I feel good about running the game with the game plan and so on and so forth. So I've just tried to keep things the same and, and uh, you know, prepare how I know how to prepare. How much does it help that you played under Josh for so long now? Oh, yeah. No, it's been it's been great. Uh, obviously, you know, been with him in New England for three years and now here for, you know, this year. And, um, you know, coming the offseason, you know, obviously that was good. Uh, having a good understanding of what was going on. But, you know, just like, you know, every week this year, um, just try to prepare, you know, with whatever the game plan is and be as prepared as possible to go in and play. It's kind of a follow-up to that. Uh, I think everyone we, that talks about you from Coach McDaniels to the receivers, they say you, you just have a better grasp on this offense than, than anyone from how long you've been on it. How, how do you think all that experience kind of translates that you can channel it on, onto the field? No, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, it's like anything, you know, like – it's like anything in life. When you do something repetitively over and over again, you just get comfortable. And um, at the end of the day, uh, my job is to facilitate the offense. <coughs> excuse me, and in certain ways, and um, I got to follow my rules and um, you know try and get the ball in, the, in these guys' hands and 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 do that, do my job. And that's you know something I've just been trying to prepare hard for. And, that's all I can do. Have you been pleased with the? Have you been pleased with the encouragement and support you've been able to get from your teammates and your coaches just since the announcement's been made? Yeah, for sure. Everybody's been very supportive. Um, you know, players. You know, coach. Uh, you know, Bo and Nick and you know Josh. Everybody's been very supportive and very helpful. Any questions that I have for them about the game plan or you know anything, I've just. It's been it's been really good to, to have the support. For sure. Jared, obviously, you don't have control over the decisions that are made and when they're made and how you get your opportunity. But do you get the sensibility of you know you're, you're replacing Derek, who's been here a long time and been a fixture around here, and, and that just that part of it. Right. No, I mean, obviously, Derek's been here for an extremely long time. Um, you know, I had a chance to speak with him, and he, he's just. I can't thank him enough for everything that, you know, he's helped, helped me with, you know, personally and professionally. Um, you know, him and his wife both have been very um, supportive and um, very welcoming to me and my wife here in, in our time together. And so um, can't can't you know speak highly enough of, of Derek. I mean, he's just a great human being and obviously a great football player, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously been here for a long time and, and stuff. So. 
um, you know, I'm just going to try and go out there and, and, and play the best that I that I can and I know how. So. What are the goals for you for these next two weeks? <laughs> My, I mean, obviously to win. I mean, that's that's why we all play is to, is to win football games. So that's first and foremost. But, I mean, my job is to, to facilitate the offense and um, and run it how it's you know supposed to be run. And um, that's all I can do is just be prepared and, and try to do that. Well, can you look at these last two games as an audition since you haven't had a lot of snaps in the regular season? Uh, I'm not really necessarily looking at it like that. Um, you know, two great opportunities to go out there and play um, with the guys in this locker room. Um, you know, the NFL is a, a crazy business, so, um, you know, I'm just trying to be prepared as best I know how and uh, and do the best I can for, for the guys in this locker room. And, but ultimately, you know, obviously the goal is to come out here and win, so that's what, that's what we're going to try and do. What kind of challenge are your first starts against the NFL's top defense? Yeah, it's a great challenge. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in whatever it is in life that you do. Um, you're not going to get any better unless you do it against the best. So uh, it's going to be a great challenge, you know, for us. Um, as a team, um, you know they're good in all three phases, and so um, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm super excited about it, and uh, I think it'd be a great challenge for us. And I know we're looking forward to it. Any family and friends coming into town for this game now? I do. Or? I do. Yeah. Um, you said you got to speak to Derek. Did he have any uh, last minute advice going into such a big moment for you? Anything you took away from that conversation? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I'll keep most of it private between me and him. But um, the biggest thing and. This is what I always appreciated a lot about Derek was just to always, always stay even. You know, never get too high, never get too low. Um, football is an imperfect sport, and um, you know, you, you try to do obviously the best you can. You prepare hard, you know, each and every week, and um, but to always, always just stay even. Even though it was such a long time ago, how much confidence do you have in yourself just based upon the success that you even have in the preseason, you know, having an undefeated record, looking good in that regard? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, for myself, I've always been very confident in my abilities to, to play football and, um, you know, just thankful for the opportunity to, to come out here and, and get my first start, you know, against, like I said, the best uh, the best defense in the league. So, um, but like I said, I've, I've always had... I've always had confidence in my ability to, to make plays, throw the football, and, and to facilitate the offense. You know, that's that's my job, and I've I've, I've worked hard at it. And um, you know, excited to go out there and just you know, help these guys. You know, hopefully get a win. So, Jared, where has Coach McDaniel's talked about um, going into this game, not doing too much, and just uh, playing within your moves? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's just part of playing quarterback is just um, not trying to do too much. You know, at, at, at times and. Um, just doing your job, and that's kind of what I've. Um, it's kind of been instilled in my brain, you know, since being in the league. Is just do your job, and um, you know, whatever that may be. It may at one play it may not be much, and the next play it might be, you know, the biggest thing on the play. So, um, just trying to facilitate that, facilitate that the best I can. There you go. There's uh, Jarrett Stidham. He'll be starting Sunday. He'll be starting the following Sunday. Um, we're assuming he'll be starting the following Sunday against the Chiefs, but we know that he will be starting this Sunday against the 49ers at Allegiant Stadium. And I'll tell you what, that locker room sounded like it was a whole different ball game from what it sounded like yesterday. And it didn't sound super quiet yesterday, but today it sounded like it was business as usual. And, and you know what? That's a good sign. I think that's a good sign. Not saying that anyone's excited about Carr being gone, but the fact that these are professionals collecting checks, continuing to do their jobs. And it sounds like they're at least with each other in the locker room. Sounded like they were all on the same page. Three o'clock on the dot is the time when we come back. Cody Benjamin, we'll actually get to a couple calls. We'll try to grab Cody Benjamin in a hot minute, and uh, we'll get to a couple calls. And then we also got Max Crosby from the Raiders locker room. We got a lot to get to as we kick off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.